man. Watch out, Doc. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Do you have questions or need advice for all the aches and pains in your life? We're here to help. This is Doc Talk with Hans Olsen, presented by University of Utah Health on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Doctor, give me the news. Crazy because it feels like it was just four months ago that we did Doc Talk, but here we are again, <laughs> right back in studio with the great doctors. From University of Utah Health and sportsmed.uofuhealth.org. And one of our favorites and one of the usuals, Dr. Peter Chalmers hanging out with us. Doc, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm happy to be here. Well, thanks for coming back. Thanks for having me. Every time you come back, I'm like, I'm surprised he came back. But then I'm like, (laughs) I'm glad he came back. But it's fun. If you're just tuning in and you haven't heard Doc talk before, this is an opportunity to call in with your medical questions. 855-340-9663. That's 855-340-9663. You can jump on a phone line if you got a medical question for Dr. Chalmers. Anything in regards to health, really. I mean, you know, we like to look at joints and muscles and and bone structure. You know, we can talk a little bit about necks and stuff. We can definitely go into concussions and those kinds of things. But moms and dads, a lot of times you've got kids, you don't know exactly what's wrong, or you've got an issue yourself. We get a lot of runners and and different pains that they can't figure out. Uh, Car accident victims, you know, you're coming out of summer, you've got something that's nagging you. This is a chance to leave the insurance card in the pocket, leave all the money in your wallet, and just call us and we'll get you headed in the right direction. 855-340-9663. And to Frank Dolce, Frank, you're more than welcome to call DocTalk. You don't need to sit here and call my phone a hundred times when I jump on air. Frank Dolce does our Utah preview show. (laughs) And he thinks it's funny to call every time I open up a show. So, Frank, feel free to call in with your medical questions as well. So, Dr. Chalmers, I just want to catch up with you really quick. How, how are things been? I haven't talked to you in about a month and a half, two months. Everything's great. Everything's Good. great. It's been busy fall, but I love this time of year in Utah. It's weather's gorgeous, leaves are turning. What does what a day for Dr. Chalmers consist of? Like, at the University of Utah Health, like, what, what, where does your day start and how does it typically go? Uh, it kind of depends. I mean, usually we start at 7.30 or 8 for clinic, but I often have meetings before that and I'm out there on out there hitting the pavement running before that so it's it's a long day but everything's going well do you ever get unruly clients like people that come in and and all the time the, yeah. yeah oh yeah all the time <laughs> What's no and do, do you is, learn how to deal with that in in residency and, and stuff like that oh absolutely and the thing that i think to understand is that you know people they injure themselves they're hurting and oftentimes you know they're upset and i can understand why they're upset and you know if i'm caught in the middle of that i try very hard to tell tell them that i'm trying to help them i really am but um i try and be understanding of that because i think that most of the time that's not because someone's angry with me as a doctor they're angry at the situation and oftentimes i think that's understandable what's the most common complaint from from somebody it's probably a wide range but what seems to be the most typical uh, by far, the most common thing that I see in my clinic is shoulder pain, um, and uh, probably the most common injury in uh, people over the age of really 45 is a rotator cuff tear, but also we see arthritis in the shoulder. In younger people, I see a lot of dislocations, um, and then obviously I see elbows as well, and we'll see elbow dislocations and tendon and ligament tears. I've got to imagine that you've racked up now thousands of different patients that have come through your clinic that you worked with and, and helped. Do you, do you run into them like in grocery stores? Or at games, and they're like, 
and and you kind of get to revel in the fact that you helped them heal. Yeah, I mean that that definitely happens, and that's one of the nice things about uh, being a doctor is you're a member of the community, you know, and that I do my best to help our community, and definitely we see people um, who come in, and we do our best to help them, and I I sometimes I see them outside of work, and I do my best to check in and hopefully hopefully they're doing well. Probably the best part of your job would be my would be my guess. It depends on where you are, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. You're listening to Dr. Peter Chalmers, and he does a fantastic job at the University of Utah Health. And he talked about clinic, and there's different types, but we've got the injury clinic that is set up especially for the, the people out there that maybe you've got a busy schedule, and maybe you need help tomorrow, or you need help immediately. Well, we can get you help without the need of getting on a schedule. An appointment is not necessary. We have an open clinic every Monday through Thursday, 4 p.m. to 8 p.m., where you can walk in and you can be seen by some of the best physicians in the state of Utah. And then Friday, we extend those hours and give you a, a kind of a wider range of opportunity, 12 p.m. to 6 p.m., to be able to come in and ask those questions. So really great clinic opportunities for you. If you're ever dealing with injury or, or need, and, and it's a wide range, foot and ankle specialists, shoulder and elbow specialists, vertebrae specialists, we, we can really run the spectrum for you in any type of muscle issue or, or tendon or ligament damage. We've got all of that ready for you at these clinics. So please take advantage of that. And you can see those hours at sportsmed.uofuhealth.org. All right, so Dr. Chalmers, we've got a lot to talk about, including getting out to the listeners. Again, 855-340-9663 if you want to jump on. and It's one of my favorite parts of Doc Talk, and it's really why Dr. Chalmers comes in, and it's really why I come in. You know, we kind of give you an opportunity. I, I like to extend an opportunity to our listeners to try to get some health advice. So we're here. Take advantage of it. 855-340-9663. But I wanted to talk to you about ankle sprains because we've seen a rash of them here in the state of Utah. And whether it's with the Jazz or whether it's with the University of Utah or really any of your favorite sports teams, we've seen a rash of ankle injuries. And I wanted to go through a couple of the specifics of ankle injuries because I know that there are different grades and different levels. How do you classify ankle injuries as a, as a physician? Yeah, that's a great question. One of the things that's interesting about the ankles, there's these three bones that come together. There's the bone that's in your foot called the talus, and then there's two bones at the bottom of your shin, your tibia and your fibula. And there's ligaments that hold all those three bones together. And depending on what kind of force there is and how the foot is torqued, you can tear different ligaments in different arrangements, and the injury can be very different. So there's the garden variety kind of ankle sprain where you tear a tear ligament called the anterior talofibular ligament, the ATFL. That sprain occurs in probably about 30% of the population by the time but by the time you're older. So what, what, most people have torn that. A lot of people have torn that by the time they get older. What type of role is that? Is, is that the side role? That's kind of the when you get your foot caught under you kind of role, mm -hmm. where the, 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 the foot looks like it's turning as though you were going to bring the bottom up. And um, that's common with, you know, running. If you're running and you, you catch your foot, um, you know, on a, on a curb or on a hill you don't expect, happens all the time in you know, soccer players and basketball. And um, 
So definitely a lot of people, you know, it, it can lead to a swollen ankle, it leads to a sore ankle, but if, if you lay off it, that injury will recover and lead to essentially a normal anchor, ankle. There's a higher level from that where you tear the ligaments between the fibula and the talus going backwards that leads to more severe instability or more severe rolling of the ankle. Um, but there's even levels beyond that. There's a high ankle sprain, which you've probably heard about in a lot of football players. I've that's, had one. That's more Horrible. of kind of a, just a torque of the foot. So instead of the foot turning, it's more of a direct rotation of the mm-hmm. foot. That, that's a, a tear of the ligament between the tibia and the fibula. Um, and that sometimes requires a surgery. So I, I was, I, I just had done a little bit of research on, on what I believe is called a tightrope surgery. Right, right, yeah. Uh, so there's, uh, is it Patrick Mahomes, Brian, that's going through the tightrope surgery? Who who had the high sprain? Oh, yeah, that's right, it is. Yeah. It's, it's Tua. It's his second tightrope procedure. Yeah. And, and I actually watched uh, an, an, ex, an explanatory video on how they do this. And we're talking about getting guys back from high springs in 10 days. Well, the thing that's so exciting about that procedure is that it's a more normal way to restore the ligament. It allows the bones to move. Normally, there's supposed to be some movement there. We used to do that with screws. There's not, it's not supposed to be a solid fusion, and eventually the screws would break, and that was never good. So definitely this is a, a, a promising new option um, for ligament repair and reconstruction that we're, we're actually looking at all over the body, to be frank. Now, it does include drilling a hole straight through the bone. Yep, exactly, yeah. Which is like, it's still surgery. It's still yeah. surgery. I couldn't believe it. I'm watching the procedure as they drill through, right through that main bone. Is that the tibia? Yeah, that's the bigger one, and then the smaller one's the fibula. you got to drill through both to do that procedure, though. It's unbelievable, but I had a high sprain, and it kept me out for six weeks. Mm-hmm. If I could have got back in 10 days, I'd have done it. Well, then there's a level of injury even beyond that where the injury is so severe you break the bones, like what happened to Garrett Gordon Hayward immediately after he left here. Do different – how can I put this? Can Can certain individuals come back quicker than others? I guess, does a sprain affect some more than others? Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I know it definitely affects some people more than others. That's true. So it's one person can be more hobbled by it or more damage and more pain from it than, than another person. Depending on the state of the injury, depending on what was injured before, depending probably also on the stiffness of everything around it. There's some people that are just more loosely put together and it may be the injury may be more severe mm-hmm. in them than others. Oftentimes because the bones move in an abnormal way when you tear a ligament, you can damage the cartilage too and that can be a more severe injury too. Yeah, I, the the ankle sprain situation here in the state is really interesting, and yeah. you know I'm, I'm watching really closely an offensive tackle up on up on the uh, University of Utah football team. Got to get him back, and I'm looking at these things, and I watch them on video, and I'm just like, man, I, and it just feels like some people it's three weeks, some people it's eight weeks, mm-hmm. some people it's give me a quarter, <laughs> you know, <laughs> give me a quarter and, and I'll be back. So it's, it's kind of impressive to see the range of how people deal with those things. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but typically ankle sprains don't require surgery. Does an ankle uh, dislocation? Most ankle sprains do not require surgery. Most ankle sprains, the garden variety that most people will encounter, um, is an injury that you can generally treat by, you know, elevating and icing it and it will improve with time. Um, an ankle dislocation often involves a break a break of one of the bones at the okay. same time. So you, oftentimes that's an injury that requires surgery. It depends on which bones are broken and which ligaments are torn. 
Um, so that's if you have an ankle dislocation, that's definitely something where you should see a doctor and get an X-ray, and sometimes it may even require a stress X-ray depending on how the injury looks. That's a high-level dislocation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's not yeah. popping a middle finger back in back exactly, into place. Exactly. Yeah. You're listening to Dr. Peter Chalmers with University of Utah Health here on Doc Talk, eight five five three four zero nine six six three. You can jump on the phone lines if you've got questions for Dr. Chalmers. That's 855-340-9663. You ready to jump into some of these calls? Let's do it. Let's start out with Jeremy. Jeremy, you're up first with Dr. Chalmers. Go ahead. Hey, Hans. Uh, thanks, Doc. So I've got a question about uh, my foot. Uh, the My second toe on my foot hurts really bad every time I step down, and I can't contributed to an injury other than it happened like right after I got some new shoes that were getting broken in. When you say second toe, do you mean the one closer to the big toe or closer to the little toe? Yeah. Yeah, the big toe. The big toe. And um, mm-hmm. how long has it been going on for? Uh, a few months now. Hurts on the bottom of the foot or the top of the foot? Bottom of the foot. Is the, is the toe curled or is the toe still straight? Uh, they've always been, it's always been curled. Okay. Okay. And how, how old are you? Uh, 35. 35. There's a couple of different things that can happen down there. Probably the the, mm-hmm. the one that you, you'll hear about the most in kind of the sports world is there's an, inj- an injury called turf toe, where you can injure the ligament mm-hmm. on the bottom of the joint in between kind of the long bone called the metatarsal and the short little bones called the phalanges. Um, Mm-hmm. That 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 injury can definitely occur with you know if if you if you work really hard in a mouth uh, you know a shoe that doesn't fit right you can injure that ligament. Is there a toe that that's more common with? Uh, it's it's definitely uh, more common with the the big than with the the second toe. The second toe is, on most people is actually long the longest toe though, so it it can be under a lot of stress depending on how your shoes fit. Um, there's a couple of mm-hmm. other things that can cause pain on the bottom of the foot. Probably the the next most common thing is there's. Um, you may not know this, but there's these little bones on the bottom of your foot called the sesamoids. They're, they almost look like little pebbles. Um, they live inside of tendons, and they basically provide some additional mechanical advantage for those tendons, just like your kneecap does. And um, you can, if you if you hit those bones wrong, you can irritate them and cause what's called a sesamoiditis, which can be very 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 painful. Um, probably the the first thing to do. If, if you think that's the problem, oftentimes you can offload those with gel pads or different inserts in your shoes. If it's, if it's a, That's what I'm trying right now. Yeah, that's, a, that's a, a good solution. There's a thing in particular called a metatarsal pad, and it's like a, a rectangular pad that you put right under kind of the, the ball of your foot. Um, that's probably one thing you may consider in this situation. Um, you could even get ones where you can... You know, manipulate it to try and offload certain areas. Um, Are you getting some relief from what you're currently trying, Jeremy? Uh, not really, uh, it, but it's just a. It's I just replaced the insoles in my shoes with some new gel type pads. Uh, I haven't. I saw the metatarsal pads, but I, so I might give that a try. But no, right now it's just it seems to be getting worse every day. And how, how long you been doing with it? Uh, a few months. If it was if it was one of those if it was one of those irritants to that bone would that be a, a, a month a two month is that something that's that can go on for a long time kind of, if you don't yeah. if it doesn't get yeah. out of control I've, yeah. if you, I've even started like curling my toes as I walk to kind of bring pressure off of them shoot off of the middle of the foot yeah so that's um, 
mean, it sounds like it's getting a lot worse. Um, it's probably mm-hmm. time, given it's, it's been a few months, to have someone take a look at it. There's two different yeah, kinds of uh, I'm getting close to that. foot doctors, which you, you may have heard this before. There's orthopedic foot and ankle doctors, and then there's podiatrists. And those are you, you mm-hmm. take very different routes to get to those two different locations. So a podiatrist goes to does not go to medical school. It says there's a separate podiatry school, um, and then they often will eat, sometimes they'll do a podiatry residency. <laughs> and there are there are podiatrists that are great doctors, but there are also podiatrists that are that are not as good at what they do. Orthopedic foot and ankle doctors have mm-hmm. to go through medical school and then five years orthopedics and then a year of orthopedic foot and ankle training. So it's a little bit, it's definitely more years of training to get to orthopedic foot and ankle. They're licensed to do more things. So um, you, you would okay. hi, you would highly suggest going to an orthopedic foot and ankle? I, I mean, I'm obviously biased. You know, I'm yeah. an orthopedic surgeon, so that's I tend to think that that training mm-hmm. matters. But I think also think there are podiatrists in the community that probably are really great doctors. They know their business, sure. But I think you yeah. just need to be a little more careful probably about who you select. Interesting. Yeah. Well, Jeremy, good luck okay, on well, that, man. Okay, Yeah, good luck on that. Hopefully, you're able to find some relief on that foot and, and get back to good old-fashioned health. I know foot pain can just, it can just take you, well, obviously, it just sits you down for a while and, and takes you away from that normal lifestyle, so that's a bummer. All right, we'll jump back into the phone line. We'll go to Jim. You're up next with Dr. Chalmers. Go ahead, Jim. Good evening, guys. Hello. Hey, I do a lot of running and biking, some triathlons, and uh, I've had a little kind of a tweak in my in this kind of the back of my uh, leg, kind of near the hamstring. But I, as I've kind of felt back there where the pain is, it didn't seem like it's right on the main tendon back there, but a little muscle group just off to the side. And I rest it for a long period of time, and as soon as I get running again, I it starts to kind of twinge when i ride my bike i don't really feel any pain there at all um and i've tried rolling it and doing things like that and it works for a little bit is there any do i have something more serious going on there than just a little strain how long again did you say it's been going on oh it's probably i probably had this thing going on for a couple of years i mean it's not enough to where like oh i can't run or anything but it's it's kind of annoying when when you start, when I start running, and after a little while, it's I get every, almost every step I can feel a little bit of a twinge back there, just mm-hmm. uncomfortable, not unbearable. How f- how far would you say you can run before it stops you? I can I can run several miles before it really starts kicking in. Hmm. Hmm. It doesn't sound like anything serious or bad. Um, I will tell you that running. You know, and I, I know this as a runner myself. It's running is one of those activities that uh, is so important for people to do it regularly for your, for your maintenance of your mental health. But it's definitely yeah. um, it creates a lot of overuse injuries uh, that can be hard to get beyond because it's kind of the same thing. It's the same activity over and over and, and over again. Um, so running's great because it doesn't. It's not as likely to produce kind of acute traumatic injuries like ACL tears. Mm-hmm. But it definitely leads to its own unique set of overuse injuries. One of the things that I think can be, think can be helpful in this situation, you, I don't know if this works for you or not. It's kind of a good time of year to think about it. Is I think for people who run, you should consider taking four to eight weeks off per year to swim or to ride a bike. And the reason why is because I think it. I think that for those kind of things that develop as long term overuse, you, it's it's hard. To, you know, you want to give yourself some time to really recover from those things. Where, while still maintaining, you know, your general overall cardiac fitness. So I, I, I um, 
I, I think a lot of people who are runners, at least the people I've known who are serious runners, will consider doing that once a year. Four, four to six weeks? I think four to eight is a, is a reasonable period of time to think about. It may, not, it may or may not make this go away, but I think it's a reasonable thing to think about to try and get these kind of things tuned up. So that, you Perfect. know, when, okay. when the Sounds snow good. melts, you know, the, when the snow melts, you may be ready to go back at it. Okay, I'll, I'll stay on my bike and do some more swimming then. Thank you. Uh, yeah, good luck on that, Jim. I uh, personally, I've I've taken uh, forty eight years off, and I found that <laughs> that's really that's really well, <laughs> my hamstrings feel good. That's great. That's great. That's a you've you've heard it here first. The solution to all your problems. Here, here's the key, Jim. Take four to eight weeks and then quit for life. <laughs> 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 no man I, I hope he's able to get back that's actually wise <laughs> advice four to eight weeks just take get away from it let those muscles that have overuse and some of the, the ligaments and the cartilage that has been you know constantly pounding let that get a nice break for a bit I you know, can see been, how that'd be beneficial. We've been doing with this with throwers for a long time you know for throwers for for pitchers for a long time they've been taken often three months off throwing and they, I mean they'll still train during completely that away from the motion of throwing yeah oh I had no idea yeah and I think there's some mm. it's the evidence is not perfect but there's there's some pretty strong evidence in um, high schoolers that people who did that versus people that did not had a substantial difference in injuries 10 years later Jeez. so I I do <clears throat> think that it makes sense and I think if you can take if it applies to a major league pitcher there's no reason why it shouldn't apply to someone who runs 20 miles a week that's a good point yeah good luck uh, hopefully you're able to get over that all right jump back out to the phone lines go to Pete you're up next with Dr. Chalmers go ahead Pete hey doc and uh, and uh, great to talk to you guys so uh, a few years back, uh, I was squatting some pretty heavy weight, and I heard a pop in my hip area, and I've had chronic pain ever since. Um, and currently, the occupation I have, working in a warehouse, uh, I, you were talking about overuse injuries. I think it, it really aggravates it, especially uh, later in the week as, a, as I continue to, uh, you know, spend time at work is it possible to have bone spurs in your in your hip absolutely okay how, um, how likely exactly, is I've that I've tried doing stretching I've tried doing uh, you know massage and it doesn't really seem to be going away there's um there's you know there's any number of things in your hip that can cause this kind of pain especially um, as you come was this because you were it, it, at the depth of your squat yeah, I was, you know, back in the day, and you know, that was it was like I said, it's been a while now. Um, I couldn't even put a put a number on it, but uh, you know, it was some pretty heavy weight. You know, I used to try and think I was going to be, you know, uh, maybe bigger and stronger than I really needed to be at that point in my life. And uh, like I said, as I was, I think either going up or down. I can't remember. But it might have been going down, but I heard a pop. And then, like I said, ever since then, I've like totally stay away from squatting because I was like, you know, that was not a good sound or a good feeling. You know, as as um as you come down into a deep squat, which is which is with your your hip all the way flexed, there's definitely the possibility for um your your upper leg bone called your femur to run into um, 
your pelvis. And that's that phenomenon is, has become better and better understood with time. It's called impingement. Impingement is just a medical term for when two bones run into each other. Right in between those two bones in that location is something called your labrum. And, and, and if you look on a lot of people over time, they develop labral tears in that location associated with that. It may, it may be that that's, that that's contributory here. It's, it's, it's certainly hard to know. But um, that's, that would be one of my primary suspicions. We see that, that phenomenon of impingement not infrequently in athletes, mm. um, especially in people who are— I've heard the term a lot. Know, weightlifters. We see it, um, we see it a lot in, in, in people who do hockey. I, I see it at least every year in, in one of mm. our beast players. Um, so it's pretty common. What's so, um, what, what specifically, is there something specific that he could look for that would be an indicator that it might be an impingement? Honestly, I will tell you that the, the story he tells where when I try and come into a deep squat, I, like I don't like that motion, I worry about that motion, that's, that's, that's pretty classic for impingement. Certainly another thing that, um, you know, if, if, if you were to say like a long car ride with a hip bent, you know, really bothers me. That's another classic story. Or, um, you know, if I'm sitting in a certain position for too long, I have to kind of get up and shake my hip out. That's another classic story. Um, and it's usually, usually it's more of a pain kind of in the groin than oftentimes people think of hip pain as kind of on the side yeah. or in the back. This is more of kind of a groin pain if, if it is what I'm talking about. Um, is the pain more, where, where exactly in your hip is the pain? Hold on, let's bring the volume up here. Uh, where exactly is the is the pain? Yeah, um, now that you mentioned the the, the groin, um, uh, it or the groan as Archie Bunker likes to call it, it, it definitely is more in that area um, on the inside towards uh, you know that 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 point. So the other thing, and there's there's a couple of other things in there that can pop. There's a, such a thing as a popping hip, which is kind of a hip hip flexor. Uh, phenomenon that can happen. There's also such a thing as a sports hernia, which is a little bit more towards the the midline in that location. But if it's really in your groin, then th- that would be worried about your hip or or one of those tendons. Um, and that's probably where I would start my focus if, is with a hip doctor. If it was an impingement, what what are we talking about? Is that a, a surgical repair or is that? It totally depends. It can be. It can be. Sometimes it's something that can better get better with a shot in physical therapy. Okay. Um, so it doesn't necessarily require surgery. It depends a lot on what it looks like. So w- what suggestion would you give him from from this point? And is, is it something where if he's just done dealing with the pain, he should go? Or is this something he needs to go get looked at? I'll be honest with you that this is a situation where you can get an x-ray and get an answer for oftentimes. Okay. So that's a pretty low cost wow. um, intervention. Usually, oftentimes it doesn't require an MRI to figure out. So to me, it's if, if you could figure it out with an x-ray, it's kind of like, why not? You know? Yeah, right. Okay, start with an x-ray, and then uh, if they can't really tell, if it's more of a soft tissue thing, possibly move on to uh, MRI. That's probably where I would start, though, yeah. Yeah, because I know, you know, a lot of people are getting hip replacements, and, and, and you know, I, that's something I'd certainly like to avoid if possible, but, you know, I don't want to necessarily be in chronic pain for the rest of my life either. Well, it, hopefully, you're, hopefully you're not. It's not so far gone that you'd require a replacement. But there's the only way to know is to get an X-ray. Great. Well, I appreciate uh, your uh, your insight and. Uh 
guess I'll, I'm going to definitely take a take a hard look at uh, get, getting that handled. Awesome. Absolutely. Take care. Yeah, good luck to you. Hopefully you can get healthy quickly. We appreciate it. That's how you do it, 855-340-9663. Call us with any of your medical concerns, whatever issue you might be dealing with, or if you've got a kid that you're dealing with and some pain or immobility issues or and maybe there's a dislocation or uh, ex- pre-existing stuff, those kinds of things we can help you with. 855-340-9663 to jump on Doc Talk. Brought to you by sportsmed.uofuhealth.org. That's the University of Utah Health at uofuhealth.org as well. Come back to us. We'll take more calls, more Doc Talk next here on 97.5, 12 of the Zone. You're listening to Doc Talk. Presented by University of Utah Health on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back. It is Doc Talk brought to you by University of Utah Health at sportsmed.uofuhealth.org. And I'd like to give a shout out to Dr. Travis Mack for <laughs> being my own personal hero. He's, he's my Superman. Like, it's kind of funny. I can think of a few people I admire more than Travis Mack. Yeah. I put out bat lights for Travis at least once every two months. Like, what does the bat light for Travis Mack look like? Oh, yeah, I've got a couple of different descriptions of it. <laughs> <laughs> but I absolutely love the guy. And he's just one of the great physicians at the University of Utah Health. And these are just great guys. You know, some of my very good friends, including Travis and Dr. Chalmers and, and others that have come on over the years. And these are great guys. And I would certainly recommend sending any one of my family members, as well as any one of our listeners that's dealing with any type of issue to these great physicians. So we appreciate them and University of Utah Health. You can find these physicians at sportsmed.uofuhealth.org. Um, I've got two other things that I want to get in. If, if we get an opportunity, uh, I want to get into with you. Some of the medical advancements and, and really some of the immediate nature that we're getting into with these athletes, at what point is there a, a breaking point? Like, Okay, we gotta we gotta stop. So we'll get into that, but we do have listeners that want to call in eight five five three four zero nine six six three, and we'll go to Lynn. You're up next with Doctor Chalmers. Lynn, go ahead. Hi. So I play basketball, and last May uh, I must have jammed my finger on my shooting hand, uh, my middle finger, and it's. It was swollen for a while. I had to take some time off for a month or two in June, some of July. I can shoot now. It doesn't hurt, but my finger is still tender. When I like, if I click my fingers, then it hurts. So it's slowly getting better, but you know, this is October now. That happened in May. Just some physical therapy, steroid shot. Are you able to make your fingers? Uh, are you able to link your what fingers all, all the way straight? Like, can you, when you put your hands side to side? Yeah, I can make it straight. Can you make, can you make a, a tight fist where you can bring all of your, all of your, jo- the joints in your hand all the way bent? I'm sorry, I couldn't quite hear you. Are, are you able to make a, can I do what? A, a tight fist with that finger where you can bring yes, all I, the fingers? Yes, I can make a tight fist now. I wasn't able to earlier. Okay. And um, which which joint was it? Do you know? Is it the was it the joint between kind of the finger and the hand, or was it one of the joints in the middle of the finger? It's between the area, the I, the joint. When I just bend them, they don't hurt. But if I 
click my fingers, then the area between the middle joint and the joint on the palm hurts, that area. So I'm not sure it's the joint. I think it's some tendon. When you click your fingers, you mean snap your fingers? Or, like, what do you mean? Yeah, snap. Uh Oh, okay. So when he he snaps his fingers, he feels it in the... It hurts really bad. Okay. I can actually make a sound now. Uh, And today's probably about the first day I've been able to make a sound. It's been a long time before I could actually make a sound while snapping them. Um, so there's, it sounds it's like... getting the, better, but this is October, that was May, that's about yeah, five months later. It sounds like the joint that's involved is the, there's a, uh, a there's a, there's two joints in that, in that finger. Once you get kind of beyond the palm of the hand, there's one that's kind of mm-hmm. right next to where the the fingernail is and then there's one that's kind of right dab in the middle of the finger it sounds like it's the middle of the finger that's the most commonly injured yeah. this kind of injury uh-huh. and there's um there's really a couple of different structures that can be injured there most likely the the structure that was injured based on the, st- the story you tell is one of the ligaments that holds that joint in place but there's a couple of other things that can be injured that um, if you're if it's still bothering you, you probably should get looked into. There's a there's a tendon that makes it go straight that can be partially injured, and there's also a tendon that helps bend it that can be partially injured. If it's still bothering you five months later, it's worth it to have someone take a look to evaluate each of those tendons and those ligaments. I will tell and you which that type of doctor should I have a look at? I would I would go to a hand doctor. Um, okay. There are. Um, there are four of them at the university, and there's a number of them also in the community. Um, and um, they'll be able to okay. look at this and very quickly determine exactly what's wrong. It's something where it's actually really hard to determine over the radio um, because you have to look at the finger, and there's some kind of specialized tests. But 30 seconds in, an experienced hand doctor will be able to tell what, you exactly what's wrong. What would happen if he d- never got it checked? Would it just continue to hurt? Would it heal the wrong way, possibly leaving the finger deformed? Or So if it's one of the ligaments, which is probably most likely what it is in this case, um, oftentimes those ligament tears can take up to a year to heal. Um, and what you can do in the meantime is tape, buddy tape the fingers together when you play basketball. You'll actually see a not in, inconsiderable number of NBA stars towards the end of the season that'll have fingers sure. buddy taped. Um, you see a ton of NFL players with fingers buddy taped for sure. You can't see it often because they've got gloves on. But mm-hmm. um, but that's those are really common injuries in, in athletes are ligament tears in that joint. Um, you've already done the most important thing, which is to keep the joint from getting stiff. That joint's famous for that, and I'm really glad to hear you've avoided that. Um, I don't think you necessarily need to see someone right at this moment, but um, if you know you could buddy tape it when you play basketball, I might I might give it a little more time. And if it's not improving, then I would go see a hand surgeon. I'd be willing to bet that well, it's seconds slowly in improving. Is. Yeah. You could probably give it some. But maybe time. it's slowly because I'm 61 years old. <laughs> You're still young, my friend. Yeah. Don't give up yet. It, it yeah, might, I haven't yet. It might be. It might be a little slower than when you were 20, but yeah. it's coming. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you said there was four doctors at you, and I didn't hear where the other ones were. Oh, there's a number of hand doctors in the community. I don't. I don't know how many. There's probably 20 oh, okay. or 30 hand surgeons in the in the valley. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Okay, well, I'll check with my insurance then. Well, good Either luck. They cover. Yeah, good luck to you, Lynn. Okay. Hopefully, hopefully you can get that corrected, man. We we do appreciate the call. 855-340-9663. Whatever questions you have, Dr. Chalmers is going to help help you with some answers. 
That's 855-340-9663. Go back out to the phone lines and go to Jared. You're up next with Dr. Chalmers. Go ahead, Jared. Hey, Doc. I was in an emergency room a couple of months ago. I couldn't move, bend my knee at all. It just hurt too bad. And their x-ray came back and said that I had arthritis and water on the knee. I haven't been in to see a specialist yet on it or anything. Is there anything they can do for that, or will they pat me on the head and tell me to rub some dirt in and toughen up? Well, hopefully nobody's going to tell you that there's a there's a bunch of stuff they can do for that first off i'm sorry to hear you were in the er i mean that must sounds like it was must have been quite bad it was bad my wife thought i had a blood clot so oh geez Uh, oh geez that was good for temporary relief um they could they could take that water out and then they could inject some Mm -hmm. cortisone and i bet you'd feel a lot better that's not going to solve your problem but it would make you feel better temporarily if you really have arthritis in your knee then probably the only surgical procedure that you should consider is a knee replacement um and I will tell you that, that um, knee replacement is one of the more successful procedures ever invented by humanity um, in, 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 with regards to the pain relief it provides and the longevity of the procedure and um, just how disabled people are before they have the procedure in terms of the, the swing in someone's life. I mean, it's truly a life, life-altering procedure, that and hip replacement and really other joint replacements that we do. So... Um, if you're struggling with a with a with arthritis and it's really dragging you down, most patients who come in who've had that done who have a success for it will say, "I don't know why I waited so long." Huh. How, Jared? How old did you say you are? I'm 47. So that's the only sticky issue here is that um, the younger you get, the and the worse the arthritis is, the more you worry that if you have a knee replacement at some point it will wear out and it'll need to be redone. So, Dr. Chalmers, I, I've had a, a lot of different conversations about knee replacements, and I, I know that the positives way outweigh the negatives. But I have heard in younger replacement patients there is a concern for an inability to really run, you know, to get out and, and run. Oh, you shouldn't run on it. Okay, so once you have a knee replacement, it takes running kind of out of your life. I will be honest with you that we, we, put, we put them in a lot of people who do run on them, um, but uh, there's very few surgeons, I think, that would recommend that. I think most surgeons will tell their patients, look, this is, this is a joint made out of metal and plastic. It's not as good as what you were born with. But uh, it's better than what you had, and I think it will make you feel better. But how long it lasts is totally dependent on how you use it. You know, that's that's the, my biggest fear with a guy like Jared or, you know, 47-year-old. You know, I love to get out and, and run the basketball court, or I, I like to get out with the kids. Or I, I'm, I'm a runner. That's how I get my physical activity. I, I run a lot. And the thought of not going to be able to run and, and, and you know, play a pickup game of basketball is just – it's overwhelming to me. Yeah, absolutely. And the thought the thought of losing a lot of things you love is really hard. Yeah. But that but that's a definite possibility. But on the flip side of that, you would give it up to have pain relief in that knee, wouldn't you? Well, it's all dependent on the person. That's yeah. the interesting thing about this is that everyone experiences that differently and everyone everyone has a different, you know, how how much you would want to undergo that or how much you how important that is the thing you you would give up versus how bad you feel. That's that's the balance you make. Biking is okay. I've heard. I heard you can get on a bike Absolutely. And, and bike all day long. Swimming's okay. Ellipticals okay. But running, running, or even even like singles tennis is is pretty hard on the replacement. Jared, any other questions, man, in regards to p- potential replacement or, or what you're dealing with? No, that makes sense. That's it's the first time it ever happened. 
and it was just really bad. So I was kind of just kind of scared me more than anything. So well, yeah, you go to the emergency room. It must have been pretty bad. Yeah, see the specialist and see what they want to do. And, but right now, I get to deal with bone spurs in my Achilles in December, getting that taken off. So oh, I'll do that first. One thing after sucks. another. <laughs> yeah, one step at yeah, a time. So yeah, is that, on the, gonna, is that on the same side or the other side? Well, I did. It's actually on both sides. I did one mm-hmm. in May on the right side, and then the knee on the left is I'm doing December fourth. So, so I definitely will tell you that if you do a surgery on the left ankle, you know it may make your left knee worse. Or I'm sorry, if you do surgery on the left ankle and it's the right knee, it may things may get better a little bit better because you'll be you'll be off of it for a little bit. Things may have gotten acutely worse yeah. if you just had surgery on the other ankle because you're putting a lot more weight through that left knee. Hmm. So you, oh, okay. you may write that, it out, and it, this 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 may be kind of a temporary a temporary flare. That may have been it because yeah, it was the, it's on the left side that hurt that had the problem, and it was the right one I had surgery on in May. So. There you go. Left leg's been taking a little extra while. Cool. Thank you, guys. You bet, man. Appreciate the call, Jared. What, what's he dealing with bone spurs? What bone spurs in the Achilles? Yeah, they're not. They're not bone spurs in the sense you think about. They they're more the medical terms attraction and thesiophyte. It's basically that the as the tendon pulls on one area of bone, it can create this reaction in the bone. Oh, okay. That can definitely be symptomatic. You can have that in your in your heel. You can have it on your elbow. You they they happen all over the body actually. So yeah, you kind of threw that one out there. Uh, that he had surgery on one ankle and that this kind of popped up on the other knee, the opposite knee. We see that all, I see that all the time in the shoulder and the elbow, that all of a sudden when you are hmm. when you have surgery on one side, the other side gets overloaded and something that may have been finely balanced is all of a sudden unmasked as a problem. That's really interesting. Well, good luck. It, that sounds like a miserable thing. I, the conversation of joint replacement is a scary one for me. Yeah, yeah. You know, I know that the thought of, and my mom went through the hip replacement. Mm-hmm. Dr. Peters did her hip replacement. and He's great. I, oh, man. Like, He's the best. Yeah. Well, and it's not, you know, not just him, like his staff and the, mm-hmm. the extra effort that they go to with their patients is just phenomenal. I mean, it gets me emotional because my mom's been so well taken care of. But um, that conversation was really difficult and long. The, the overall reaction was exactly what you said. Why did I take that long? Why? Because two years she suffered on that thing, mm-hmm. thinking, "Well, I, I don't want to take this step." They put that thing in, and she's walking, you know, and she's doing some bike riding and, and those kinds of things. But it was a long, tough decision for her to come to, because it is taking natural bone and cartilage and ligament out and putting in a, a mechanic. A mechanical joint. It's certainly, for a lot of patients, that's scary, and I think it should be. I mean, I think it's a big surgery. Can you yeah. dislocate a fake knee? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. Have you really? You could dislocate fake knee, fake shoulder, fake hip. Yeah. <laughs> so when somebody comes in with a dislocated fake knee, are you like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> what, what are you doing? I was playing racquetball. <laughs> It's a fake knee. Why are you playing racquetball? <laughs> it's uh, it's usually it's a little more complicated of a situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Often, oftentimes that's in a situation where there's been multiple surgeries or yeah. things have gone awry somewhere along the way. Um, in the hip, it's often related to the hip replacement not being placed correctly, or um, it can be. There's a number of other factors that contribute to it. it can be related to the the formation of your bones not being normal. 
you need you do need to find the right physician and tell you what I, I don't know if Dr. Peters does knees I think he only does hips doesn't he hips and knees yeah he does both yeah right yeah. he's great if you can if you can get him you go see Dr. Peters because he's he's changed my mom's life and, and I truly am grateful for to him for that 855-340-9663 we're going to take a quick one we'll get you ready for the movie zone here on 97.5 1280 The Zone and we'll wrap things up with Dr. Chalmers that's coming up next on Doc Talk you're listening to Doc Talk Presented by University of Utah Health on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back. Thank you so much for tuning in to Doc Talk. We truly appreciate it. Dr. Chalmers, you're always great. Thank you. Well, thanks for having me. This has been awesome. Yeah, man. It's awesome when you come in, and, and I know our listeners appreciate it. Big thank you to all of our listeners that called in today. Great participation. Hopefully, we got some people squared away and at least set in a direction to figure things out. And... Um, also, thanks for the discussion on the ankle issue. I, I do want to save that discussion for some of the medical advances. And are we getting over our skis a little bit? Because there's a really good conversation to be had there. We're, we're rushing athletes back so quickly that we're coming up with new procedures to take a six-week recovery to a 10-day recovery. And it's mind-boggling how fast we're putting guys back on a field or a court. But big thank you to University of Utah Health. If you want to check out any of these physicians, go to sportsmed.uvuhealth.org. These are the guys that I would suggest for any of your orthopedic needs, any of your health needs. That's sportsmed.uvuhealth.org. Dr. Chalmers, we'll see you back in a couple weeks. Sounds great. Thanks for having me. I hope. I hope you come back. We'll, we'll be see. back. All right. There you go. That's been Doc Talk. Let's hand it off to the boys of the movie zone. I, I love the movie zone. It's my favorite thing on 97.5, 12 of the zone next to Dr. Chalmers is the movie zone. That's coming up next, 97.5, 12 of the zone.